Talks right here, we gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast where you come to laugh and learn the podcast that educates and entertains. I am your host, Tanae, <laughs> and I'm so happy to be back. I haven't seen or talked to you guys in a while because I was, you know, out here getting married. As a married, not as a wife. I'm a wife now out here in these streets. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I've been following the the journey and the story with Terrence and I. Um, You can go check that out in past episodes, how we met, blending our families, you know, the whole nine. And so that was a great milestone in my life. And soon I'll be sharing it on the YouTube channel so that you all, my my fans, my listeners can share in the the special day. If you were not able to make it, uh, don't forget to hit the notification bell and subscribe to the Tanae Talks podcast and follow me on all streaming services, all social media, Instagram, Tanae Talks, TikTok, Tanae Talks. Snapchat, Today Talk, Facebook, Today Talk, that's your period, Today Talk, you know what I'm talking about, and, you know, this thing don't run free, so, you know, if you want to donate down in the bottom, hit my cash app, or hit that PayPal, or become a sponsor, because today's show is brought to you by me, Tanae. But I have a great guest on the show today. And before I get started with introducing that guest, I, you know, some people weren't able to make it to my wedding, and one of those people, uh, is this person here? So just take a little listen. No, that's not it. <laughs> Look at me having a. Uh... Here we go. This is it right here. My bad, y'all. Yo, what's up? This is the People's Rapper, John Connor, a.k.a. Today's brother, Ducey. And first of all, I want to say congratulations. And right now, I want everybody to put their hands together for the new Mr. and Mrs. Rogers. Peace, blessings, and I love y'all. Congratulations. So that voice, that million-dollar voice that you just heard was none other than the People's Rapper himself, John Connor. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. That's the right time for me to put my camera on now. (laughs) Yeah, this is the right time, you know, as we introduce the people's rapper, John Connor, because this is my brother, (laughs) y'all. This and Man, I, I hate that I didn't get a chance to make it out there to your wedding. Congratulations. This is probably the first time 
I can see you to tell you congratulations. Congratulations. I'm so happy for both of y'all. Nobody deserves to be happily married more than you. You have been one of the most amazing, solid, uh, just one of the most driven, positive, passionate, um, good-spirited, kind-hearted, uh, morally in tune women, people that I've ever met since the time we met in our 20s, our early you have been consistently you and you being all of those things that I just named. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know anybody that can say a bad thing about Tanae. And, <laughs> and I am blessed that you've been a part of my life for so long and always been a beacon of positivity in my life. And so I really did hate that I, I wasn't there, but I love you so much and you deserve it. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, flattery gets you everywhere. Oh. <laughs> but I'm so happy to have you on the show. It's been a long time coming. And right now we're in June 2022, which June is Black Music Month. And okay. what better than to kick off my return to the scene than to kick off Black Music Month with the people's rapper, John Connor, and to discuss his new album, S.O.S. Too. Well, I am black and I do make music, so that will you feel me? I see what you did. <laughs> you I, happen to be black, and you make not only music. It's tatted, tatted on my vein, tatted uh -huh. on my veins. What, what's the lyric? You got a lyric about that? Tatted on my veins. It's in better than my slave. What, what was it? Are you talking yeah. about her for? Yeah, yeah. It's that lyric. It's, it's that lyric. Embedded in my vein, like the pain of a slave. Making free from the chains. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, but seriously, no. Um, SOS is reminiscent. Well, as, okay, y'all, this is John Connor to y'all. So I will be doing this interview as a fan's, from a fan's perspective, an outsider's perspective perspective and as this being like my brother as well as me being a number one fan so like I'm a fan of John Connor like but you're gonna hear me call him Deucey I dig it I <laughs> you before we did this it's kind of like Oprah and Gail having an interview with each other or yeah. like uh or Jay-Z and Tata Eddie Eddie Murphy and uh our studio you know, it's one of them, we know, we've known each other for so long, you know, that it's, it'd be kind of hard to just act like we don't, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I'm excited. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. So for those who don't know, let me give you all a little background information. Uh, Ducey and I met each other back when I was pursuing music. I used to be a singer, y'all. Hard to believe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but I was uh, pursuing a music career and John Connor was do so at the time. He was going by do so. And so I was being represented by Kevin Galloway, the Kevin Galloway. Some of you may know him as like the a pastor, prayer warrior, um, just wise man that he is, but years ago, almost 20 years ago, he was my manager. And he took me to this place in Flint called The Purple Moon. And The Purple Moon was like a happening nightclub 
in Flint, very actually upscale, very kind of upscale to be in Flint at the time. If you're familiar with Flint, oh, it definitely was. It was very upscale. It was owned by this European dude named Francois, and uh, he was everything European. He was Middle Eastern. <laughs> but continue on. I just want to make sure you, you know, I got you on the details. He was, but go ahead. Wait a minute. This is like the Middle East is not in Europe. This is like we're talking about like Israel, Palestine, like <laughs> those who know me know I don't know my directions. I don't even know my directions in town. In Flint, I, it was easy. The north side to the south side. Simple. But anywho. So uh John Connor's performing that night and Kevin takes me there to meet him because not only is he the people's rapper, he's also a producer and he'd be in his producer bag and the shit be fire. So anyway, we meet each other and long story short, this becomes my brother. You know, I get on AB Squad and somehow music stops and I become like the publicist uh, back with the Vivaldi A. Remember it was like very imperative that it's like the beat has to be the Vivaldi A and a squad <laughs> that it was called that the name of the font was Vivaldi that's hilarious yeah that was the name of the font for the a in a squad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this was our symbol right here <laughs> but many people want to know you know you, you're the people's rapper and for my listeners who don't know, if you can give them just a brief synopsis of how you got into the rap game and how you became the people's rapper with this SOS album, The Road to Legendary. Well, I started making music around the time I was 11, 12 years old, and that progressed to me selling CDs and tapes in high school and getting a pretty, you know, a pretty decent name for myself uh, growing up. Um, but it was just a passion of mine just because my father is a musician and my mother's a writer so i think i got the passion for writing and music for both of them equally um i kept at it just kept at it kept at it i went to full sale after i um graduated from powers catholic high school in flint michigan so i just kept doing the music i just kept doing it because growing up in flint michigan it wasn't a lot of like it wasn't a lot of ways to break into the music industry being from flint it wasn't no Sony building or Atlantic or Def Jam buildings in Flint. So for me, it was like I had to get out and go find it. You know, if music, the music business wasn't going to find me, I was going to go find it. So I went, the first place I went was Orlando, Winter Park, Florida to Full Sail. And that led to me meeting a lot of cool people. A lot of people I'm still friends with today. Shouts to my man, K. Will. Shouts to Shout my man. Shouts to Yeah, man. Um, so I met them there. I kept going. I had a lot of ups and downs in my journey, a lot of moving out of Flint, moving back, moving out of Flint, moving back. And then um, I just went hard and started my own record company. That's when uh, I met my former manager, Mateen Cleves, who played in the NBA, um, and my man, Kendall Freeman, who was at one point the uh, vice president of Maybach Music. So I started uh, All Varsity Music Group with them, you know, after high school and all of that. Started making a name for myself on the underground. Got the attention of Exhibit. Exhibit passed my music to Dr. Dre. Um, ended up uh, signing and working with Dr. Dre for five, six years. Did that. 
uh, learned what I was going to learn, took that opportunity and those experiences for what they were and left and decided that I wanted to put all of this knowledge into myself and into my company. So now I'm back doing my independent thing. Uh, with all varsity music group and just creating music and honestly just following my spirit and what makes me happy now. I love that. And I'm so happy to have been on the road to legendary with you in and out of hole in the walls, traveling around Michigan, traveling around the country, (laughs) actually. It was just a really good time. And so we, we go, we go come back to move forward. And so you get signed 2013. Uh And that was kind of at the bubble of people going independent, like people like labels, you know, they screwing us over or whatever. But you decided to sign with a major label. What made you make that decision, even though kind of independent was kind of bubbling, but you're like, let me go sign to a major at that time? I think um, what ultimately probably was the deciding factor was uh meeting dre and trusting his word you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i had been in a lot of music business like i had been in a lot of meetings like with people and you know what i'm saying it was like a lot of time people ain't paying attention to you you could you could blatantly tell they don't care nothing about you you know what i'm saying and the i think what the deciding factor was was when i met um Dre, it was like okay, it, it felt cool. It felt like uh it felt like the right thing to do at the time because it was like, okay, he's an artist too. He knows this story and how this goes. And I, I feel like I trusted him more than I would trust just a regular person in a suit and tie because mm-hmm. they don't really understand the struggles of an artist. So I think that probably was the deciding factor at the end of the day. That's what's up. So I'm going to share my screen because I really want to uh, get into the artwork for SOS SOS 2. Okay. And can you see it on the screen? Sure can. Okay. And this really jumped out to me. I see the palm trees. I see the boxes falling out of like a U-Haul truck. And then I the truck heading towards Vehicle City, which is Flint, Fly City, Michigan. And it stood out to me because I'm like, whoa, the road to legendary. Sometimes you got to go back to where it began to get on the road to legendary. Look at you. get Okay, you feel me. Okay. So can you elaborate on that and the artwork shown here? Well, absolutely. I think that you did a wonderful job of interpreting, you know, that cover and what it means to me. Yeah. Is that like I went through a lot like, um, you know, when you coming up, you thinking you have an idea of what you feel like success is or what success should be or what money is and what money will bring you. I seen a wise person say one time money don't buy happiness, but you only realize that once you get money like you know what I'm saying. And I went through like a lot of things during my time period, my first stint in California and being on a major label and all of that stuff. And it was like a lot, everything that I went through wasn't good. Like, you know what I'm saying? That I went through on this road that I'm on. So it was like, yeah, like you said, like having to leave California, leaving a major label. And for this album, the baggage falling out of that U-Haul truck was like, 
I want to leave anything bad that ever happened to me. I just want to leave it behind. I want to get it off my chest. I want to express myself, but I just want to keep moving forward. And yes, sometimes you got to go back to where it all began so you can move forward, which um, are imitating life. That's what happened in my life where it was like, man, like I got to California and a major label and everything I thought I wanted, but then having to leave that and ultimately travel back to where I started from to realize um, the things that we think are truly important you have inside of you from the jump. You know, we think it's all this external stuff that really is the the things that's going to bring us happiness when really happiness comes from inside yourself. And sometimes you have to be you have to strip yourself of everything so you can get back to that and realize that. So you did an amazing job of interpreting that cover, though, because that's exactly what it is, is that. You know, for me, it was getting baggage off of everything that I have been through and also just literally saying that I had to leave California and go back to Flint, which I never thought that I would have to do. That, you mm -hmm. know, what I'm but it's like sometimes that's what's necessary in order for you to go forward. That is so true. Like the, the artwork really, really grabbed me. And with you being an artist, you know how important the art is to the music. I feel like they, they go hand in hand. It really conveys the message of a body of work. And I felt that on SOS too, because I called you. And let me stand up, because y'all need to see my show. I oh. called him. And I'm like, dude, I swing on you. This album's so good. Because, <laughs> because, it's, because it was really on site for me, because looking at that artwork and you going back to where began the root of it all. And I can feel the hunger on this SS, excuse me, SOS2 project. I can feel the hunger. And for me, like I told you earlier, it took me back to those days when we was at the lunch studio in downtown Flint. And the first time you uh, did your cover of I Ain't a Killer But Don't Push Me by, um, as a salute to Tupac and uh, we were talking about it like we'd be in the loft and they'd be like, dun, 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 dun. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Penitentiary, uh -huh. you know, like the whole nine. Like we would be in there in the whole, like it would take everybody by storm. And they're like, oh my God, this nigga's stopping. <laughs> so, like, soon as I turned on the road to Legendary, and I'm hearing like the the, the the prelude, the intro, the I love as you as the people rap, the people's rapper, you're always putting the, a long time ago you did a song where you had a, a, a excerpt from um Pimp C, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, and Pimp C was like, the reason why rapping ain't doing right because we didn't take taking the social commentary out of the music. We gotta put the social commentary back into the music. And that's what you do on like all your albums. You put the social commentary back in the albums because you ain't no ignorant ass nigga. Thank you. You are an, an intelligent man. Thank you. And it is conveyed on what you you put out there. So the role of the legendary gave me that feeling. It gave me that, oh, we in the loft. Oh, yeah. we in the lunch studio. Oh, yeah. it's raw. Or you, are you trying to come for somebody's head? Like you oh, some rapidy rapidy ass nigga type shit. You want you and your Wayne bag, baby. This is like the Carter part one. <laughs> so that's what you was on. So what made you get so raw on this 
Road to Legendary. Like you always been raw. You've always been a great lyricist. You produce great music, but I felt something on this project. Can you explain maybe the feeling that I'm feeling or the feeling that you was feeling that made you create this body of work? Well, um, I think that my music always is a representation of however I felt at that time. You know what I mean? So whatever you're hearing is like genuine, like it's genuinely how I feel based off of whatever circumstances I'm going through at that particular point in time. So it's like, you know, it, it is a lot of like aggression and rawness because think about that. Like you've known me for the majority of this time. Well, we met when I was like 20 or something like that. We were both 19, about to be 20. So it's like, excuse me, like there's a lot of things that I've been through that, you know me, my demeanor like in real life is nothing like my demeanor when I'm on records. I pretty... I, I feel like I'm a pretty chill dude. I get passionate when we have our debates, but you know, that's just Aries, you know. That's <laughs> Aries, Aquarius, you know. This is how we get down. But, you know, but normally I'm just a pretty chill dude. So the way for me to release certain frustrations is through my art because I, I try to master myself and masterpiece just in regular everyday life. So that rawness, that aggression, and that anger, hunger, passion, or whatever is, that's, think about it. When I was signed to a major label, I wasn't allowed to put music out. I love putting music out. So I had to endure not being able to express myself. I had to look at my Instagram and look at my uh, Twitter every day of people with their theories of why I wasn't putting music out. But when you're signed to a label, you know, you kind of got a gag order on you to where you can't really just speak your truth. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to just take it. You have to take whatever everybody's saying. You have to. And music is what I've. There's nothing on this planet that I love more than music other than my family, you know, and those that I care about far as humans. But it's like, think about that. You want to do something, but you're not being allowed to do something. But then you're watching people that were supporting you feel like you let them down. You know what I'm saying? But this is this is through no fault of your own, but you can't say nothing and you got to just let it happen and you got to just endure it. So it's like for six years ever, it was me just basically, it was having to, uh, you still there? Mm -hmm. Okay, somebody called me, so I didn't know if it messed up the interview. <laughs> okay, but just me and much love to the label I was signed to, much love to them. Like, I don't got no problem. Like, I'm, a, I'm at peace with life. But I'm just expressing how I felt at the time. Of course. It was like six years of not being able to do what I wanted to do after you've watched, you watched it since I was in high school. If I wanted to make a song, I did it, I put it out. You know what I'm saying? If I felt creative or if I felt something, I just put it out. So I wasn't used to having to answer to people or having to have other people have complete control of your destiny. You know, I'm just, as an Aries, that's just not how I get down. It's like, I want to live and die by my own um on my own uh shield you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. if i if i succeed it'll be because of a decision i made if i fail it'll be because of a decision i made not because of some shit somebody else told me to do so over time it was just like that was just all build up wanting to wanting to get out that um wanting to get out those feelings and wanting to express myself, wanting to, you know, show the world like, yo, I still love music just as I always did, but not being able to. So SOS one and two 
really are like a breath of fresh air, of uh, a sigh of relief, of just getting those six years off my chest. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you felt something, it's because the the emotions were real, and that's how I actually felt. So, I appreciate you for that. Yeah, it was very. Um, I, and I'm pulling up what SOS means. It says SOS is an international code signal of extreme distress. Extreme distress used especially by ships at sea. An urgent appeal for help. A message broadcast to an untraceable person in an emergency. Why SOS? International code signal of extreme distress. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's how I felt. That's distress. how I felt. <laughs> When it comes to me, like, sis, I am very literal with my art. If people listen to John Connor's music, it's not like you have to do a lot of decoding to figure out what I'm trying to say. Right. I try to, I try to communicate with people as direct as humanly possible. You know what I'm saying? Right. So even with the artwork, I tried to make it as clear as possible. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I had to leave California. <laughs> I'm getting baggage out. I had to go back to Flint. Distress. <laughs> Literally distress. Literally. It's like with John Connor music, don't think that these things are some type of artsy. Maybe there's some. No, it's exactly what it looks like. It's exactly what it sounds like. So yeah, the um the title SOS for the album. Yes, that was what it was. It was a distress signal to my fan base. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the person, Jan Freeman, is not happy. Jan Freeman is not in a good place right now. Jan Freeman is sending a distress signal on behalf of John Connor to everybody <laughs> right. who ever supported my music, that ever questioned what was going on with me or, you know, saying why the delay in music and stuff like that. It was like, Jan Freeman was shooting a flare gun out to his fan base like, yo, yes, this is a distress signal. I don't even like the what I'm having to go through right now. Mm -hmm. While people have their debates or discussions about what they think is going on with me or whatever the case, it's like, I'm in distress. You mad about my album not coming out. I'm mad about my album. How you think <laughs> I feel? Like, you know what I'm saying? So... It's like SOS was like the appropriate title. And throughout time, it also meant that through my message, um, it meant a couple things. Saving our souls is one thing, an acronym that I use when uh, creating these SOS albums, because I would like to create music that helps to save our souls. Like, even though I'm cussing, like in one of the songs, I say, God, I hope you hear the message through these curses. I hope you hear you in these verses. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That even though I'm cussing, sometimes it's like you have to speak in the uh, in the language of the people that you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. So it's like I still I be hoping that people hear the God in me through the lyrics that I speak. And so saving our souls was an acronym that I would I would think about and that I would uh, put at the top of my brain when I thought SOS when writing records for this album. I love that because it's a special little meme that's around the internet. And it says, I love God, but I cuss a little bit. And that just fully represents me. <laughs> but I feel like cuss words, and I, this is another meme. It said, it's the seasoning salt to the end of a sentence. And I'm like, 
that's it. And this is so funny. The first time <laughs> back back in the in the composition book days, the uh, the calling. Uh-huh. In the calling days, the first time I, I was blasting your music in my car, my mama got in the, in the car with me. Mm. And she was like, I like his music, but why you got to cuss so much? Right. <laughs> and I was just like, mama, but it's so good because it's like when you throw that bitch on the end or that uh-huh. mf on the end, it's just like. Got to do it. Sometimes, and man, man, God bless your mother. She was such an amazing person, man. God bless. God like, bless man. the dead. Shout out to mama. Um, look, we, we on Zoom, so it's telling me we got 10 minutes to kind of wrap this up, and there's just so much I want to Wow, that was the whole shit? <laughs> no, we got to do a part two, because it literally just gave me, you know, when you podcast in our industries, you need money for the upgrades, and I'm paying for so much. Ah, okay. I see what it is. We I on see, regular I Zoom. Regular Zoom. <laughs> but <laughs> it's have- all good. So I, I want to get some things out. So one of the things, uh, one of the uh, one of the songs that really stood out on the album to me was a song called Big Homie. And you're talking yeah. about basically this prototype, I guess you could say, of a nigga in the hood who been trapping and then he recruiting little niggas and he ain't doing nothing with their life and he's leading them astray. And at the right. end of the song, you like, he ain't gonna help you out because y'all niggas both gonna end up in prison. Mm-hmm. Y'all both gonna end up in jail. And that is the storytelling that I love about the people's rapper, John Connor, because, um, you know, when we were coming up through the trenches of the Flint music scene um, mm-hmm. and all the things that, we endured and we went through a lot of people would question your connection to the streets because you wasn't a trapping nigga you wasn't the big that big homie that you're describing in the song but you observed it you saw it you are narrating the the shit that's going on in civic hood day on off date nav you know what i mean and so can you tell me a little bit about that song and your and you narrating and you kind of getting through the the scuttlebutt of people trying to say you ain't this and you ain't that and it's like I'm the people's rapper I'm letting you know I am reporting on the hood. Well, absolutely, man. For one, just about the song directly, I think I seen uh, Wallow or Gilly say it the other day something that I had been saying too, um, even before making that song. It's like uh, just because somebody older than you don't mean they your OG. It doesn't mean that they're your big homie. That just means they're older than you. <laughs> I think, you know what I'm saying? I think that OG and big homie and these type of titles, um, I think that there should be standards to, you know, who gets these titles. You know, are you, what are you pouring into the youth? Are you helping somebody better themselves or are you helping them to end up in a terrible situation? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I know some dudes that's older than me that I kind of look at spiritually and mentally as little homies. It's like, oh, you still on the same type of time. You haven't grown. You haven't progressed. Like, just because you older than me, that doesn't make you more mature than me. You know, wise mm-hmm. person said uh, maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. So, you know what I'm saying? There's a yeah. lot of people that haven't respect. I know you said this shit gonna cut off, so you want to cut it off and then get back on? No, you you finish this thought. Um, I'm gonna say the thought that thought is finished to give us some room. Okay, if- okay, I get what you're saying. Um, 
you you talk about that these album these labels give you money knowing damn well you ain't gonna be able to recoup uh-huh. the advance that they gave you. Can you expand a little bit on that? Um well that is that is pretty much the hustle of the music business. You know what I'm saying? Like it's uh the hustle is to take naive artists um that are still learning themselves. So they really don't have that. That man, when when these record companies sign artists, they so young, they have they're still figuring out how to fully express themselves and their love for music. So they haven't even got to the point where they even understand that the business is just as important. You know what I'm saying? They don't even understand that they should care about the business or points and percentages and publishing. And the structure of the music industry is to take advantage of that. Take advantage of what people don't know and use it against them. Mm-hmm. And by the time they figure it out, it's too late. You already signed into a contract. You already are signed into one of these deals to where it's pretty much getting you for everything that you didn't know. So it's like, I just feel like it's my job. I've always felt like somebody who has wisdom or has knowledge but doesn't inform people, that's a sin. I feel like that's just as bad as lying. Like, you know, just if you if you knowingly go out of your way to not tell somebody something that could help them out, I just feel like there's an evil in that. So it's like with everything that I've been through, I feel like my testimony is to be told and to be shared. So if a younger generation can hear my story and not have to go through some of the things I went through, then that's what I went through it for. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go through it to become some bitter person or become angry or mad. My journey's still going. But if I went through certain potholes or been through certain parts of the journey and I can tell people, hey, don't go that way. It's potholes that way. Don't go that way man it's uh i don't know they shooting people that way (laughs) now you won't have to go through the danger or endure some of the bs that i went through and that to me that's what life is supposed to be about we're supposed to be helping each other in this thing so for me it's important to put lines like that in my music so if i could help somebody to not have to endure some of that stuff then it was worth it and and lastly before this cuts off you talk about um success and you have the the guy kind of narrating what success is about you deliberately doing the thing that you set out to do so on that note would you say that you john connor the people's rapper are a success Mm, for me i still feel like there's so much more i want to do my my goal with making music was always to have a wife and kids so I don't have those yet. When I have a wife and kids, I can put that word on me. Yes, I'm a success. I think I've done some cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I've been successful to a lot of small goals that I've set for myself, mm-hmm. but journey is still in progress. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like when uh, that whole thing about when they, the the, the thing about a, uh, I seen one time uh, Denzel Washington, they asked him what what was his best role that he ever played. And his answer was my next one. And I remember Mateen Cleaves used to say that a lot. He used to use that as an example when we was kicking it. Like, that is the perfect example. Don't ever put words like, I am successful. We're all striving. I'm striving to be more successful tomorrow than I was today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? yeah. So for me, I'm still on that quest to being a success. And that's the road to legendary. Give it up for John Connor, the people's rapper. This part one, y'all. And we will uh, return for part two. And But in true to Nate Talks fashion, this is your time to give your shout outs, John. 
So let us know who you shouting out today. Well, um, I'm going to shout you out because we finally we made this happen. Again, congratulations. But, um, man, just shout out to, uh, man, come on, man. Flint, Powers, uh, Central, Southwestern, Northern. St. John Vianney. Thank <laughs> all of the schools back home, um, just all of the people back home. And uh, man, just shouts out to just everybody that's doing their best daily to be the best that they can be as a human. You know what I'm saying? So love to all of everybody, man. Much love to everybody in the comments below. Uh, we'll have the link to the Road to Legendary album available on all streaming platforms. Be sure to subscribe to John Connor's YouTube channel. Get his music. If you if you if you want to hear some good rapping, some good lyricism, a good storytelling, you want to turn up with your girls, you want to twerk, you want to think about some shit, then SS, SOS 2, The Road to Legendary is the album for you. It's fire. It's dope. It's crazy. It gives you that old feeling back. If you if you tied all the, uh, the conformity in, in the rap game, the ignorance in the rap game, the ridiculous in it, if you tired of that, come on over to The Road to Legendary with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sis.